0: All right, you guys, welcome back to episode six of our ongoing Emotionally Focused Couples Therapy with Lee Conant. Hi. Lee. I love it. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my God, learning so much every single week. Um, This episode I'm also very excited about because Mm -hmm. this is sort of around love language, which um, also is another one where my girlfriends, lots of my girlfriends have all bought the book. Right. You know, you've probably heard the very famous Mm -hmm. book about finding your couple love language and how important that is and... Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I'm, I've never read that book. You know, we sort of learned our love language when we, when Dan and I came to therapy with mm-hmm.
1: you, but. Tell us what that is. Is that kind of a buzz term? Does it really exist? So uh, the five love languages was developed by Dr. Gary Chapman, and it's actually been around for a long time. Yes, yes. And um, I actually hear couples all the time when they come into my office, they'll talk about their love language. And also, um, I've worked in the military community too, my husband's military as well. And we know a lot of chaplains use this in their... Um, premarital counseling or in their couples retreat weekends and so the five love languages can be a really great start for couples just to become aware that they're different that maybe Mm. what one person how they feel loved and cared for from their partner is different from what the other person um, needs to feel loved and cared for and Dr. Chapman's idea I think in writing this um, was that what we tend to give our partner the things that we want. Oh, interesting! And really? so, yes, and so let's say, like my love language, and my husband and I actually did this when we were in premarital counseling. And my love language is quality time. That is the most important thing. Right. If he wants to do anything for me, um, it's quality time is most important to me. It makes me feel most loved and cared about. Well, my husband's love languages of is words of affirmation, mm. right? Showing him appreciation or telling him something I enjoy about him or that I'm proud of him or that I um, like something or when we're laughing, that really fills his bucket, right. so to speak. And oftentimes I would be the one that I'm always at, you know, wanting to schedule quality of time, but that was really for me. Right. right, right. And so I wasn't realizing that his were more words of affirmation. So it was great when we were early in our relationship just to build awareness of how are we different? What do we need?
0: Wow. Okay, so mm-hmm. the whole
1: idea does really exist. You have yes. to sort of know that
0: about each other. Right. What do you find? Do you find that most couples know that before they get married, before
1: they um, jump in? Or? Not necessarily. And I know oh. Dr. Ga- do- Dr. Chapman walks them through the different types of love languages in his book, okay. and I believe they are uh, physical touch, okay. words of affirmation, uh, quality time, okay. acts of service, or gifts. That those tend to be, and I'm I'm not sure if this is based on research or um, I don't remember from reading the books, but it's it's what he's found to teach people about awareness of, of what they need, of what they need. Yes. And a lot of people don't know that going into relationships. A lot of people don't know that. So I know when couples come to me and they say, we know this is their love language. This is my love language. I know at least they've done some work. They've done some awareness of paying attention to their relationship. And are they
0: usually right? Or they really, they like say, Oh, like my love language is really gifts. But then the reality is they really don't want the gifts. They want the quality time. Ah, that's a great question. Because, I mean, to me, yeah. I'm like, the gifts, I mean, you I know. know, it's nice, like, I, and I do have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a girlfriend who, honest to God, I don't know how she does it, but her mm-hmm. husband never buys her, like, a Christmas gift, birthday right. gift, nothing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, right. you know? Um, yet they have a relationship that works for them. Right. Um But... You know, the gifts thing seems superficial, but then I understand too, you're like, it's nice to be acknowledged on your birthday. It would be kind of weird to have a partner who doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, that seems
1: like (laughs) maybe people don't need that. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's totally me in my relationship with my husband. We do not gifts are just not our thing. We would rather plan time to go do something together. And that's the way we both connect in our relationship. He's more quality time now, you know, now that I've influenced that a little bit. Um, But we choose then to do things together versus the stress of trying to guess what somebody might want.
0: Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. that's good,
1: Lee. Oh no, I tell Dan. No, I am going to, I need this handbag. <laughs> this right. Is, yes. And that's great. This.
0: Right? Because you know that you need that and you want that. <laughs> Very clear. What about to do opposites attract? I think a lot of time mm-hmm. in, in my relationship with Dan, lots of times we go back and forth and sometimes we go, God, you know, we're really opposite. Like, uh-huh. do we really have a lot in common? And then you know, <laughs> and then we, we do and we do lots of things that we like together. Yes. But what do you find? Do opposites <laughs> attract or do you really need to have somebody that mm-hmm that, you know,
1: you have a lot of similarities. Yeah, I think opposites do attract. And oftentimes the qualities in our partner may be stronger than they are within us. And so we're really... It kind of makes a balance out, oh, really? and so opposites can attract, and it's it's kind of fun, I think, to be able to have a relationship where one person has maybe more strength in an area, and that can really benefit the relationship, while the other person has a different strength in an area. Um, like somebody may be more social, and someone may be more reserved, and so being able to to balance that balance that out can be helpful. <laughs> Yeah, it makes a big
0: difference. Right. Okay, so but so we talked about these five different love languages. But yes. it seems like, you know, and just um my aunts and uncles and family yeah. that have that have had good relationships, it seems like the overwhelming theme that that kind of keeps them together is mm-hmm. couples that like to hang out and actually do stuff together seem to survive. Yes. Is that true? Is there like yeah. one sort of thread mm-hmm. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of "Are Youth Travel Sports Ruining Families?" Well, Dr. John Delani has over twenty years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions, and this is actually that really keeps things going? What yes. Is, is, what is it? We that?
1: find that couples who have values that they share, they have interests that they share, um, things that they can really connect over, they're more likely to have more connection just because of that. And so they're more likely to feel like they're in a healthy relationship as well. And so having the same values, the same interests can be very helpful. Um, the same you know, picture of how they want their life to be or the same ideas about children and how to raise them or the same idea about, you know, what's important to us about finances or where we live. It's important to be able to find someone, even if you do have differences, that's okay. But how can you get on the same page where you're both of your needs are met. Got it. Um, and I'm
0: assuming things like kids are a big one. Yes. Um, and obviously finances, uh, Mm -hmm. do you have a lot of couples that come in? One wants a child, one doesn't. And I mean, does that ever work?
1: Yeah, that's, that one can be difficult. Um, when one partner either wants a child and the other one doesn't, you have to, be careful because there can be resentment that comes into the relationship because of that. And so I think couples where, or maybe one person wants more children and the other person doesn't, that, couples really need to have some deep conversations about that, about how would that impact their relationship and what need is it fulfilling for them and what are, what are kind of the dreams around that and what are the stressors around that and really get clear about where the other person is coming from. And when we're clear about that, when we're clear about our emotions fueling where we're coming from, then we're more likely to organically come to compromises. Ah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Interesting.
0: Um, you know, throughout this, I haven't really asked you, are there some, are there some books? Are there some websites? Are there some things that you really like mm-hmm. that couples can maybe, um, if they want more information, yes. um, or they want to just sort of begin to
1: understand this process? Yeah. Where, what should they buy? Where, they sh- where should they go? Absolutely. So Dr. Sue Johnson has a couple amazing books. One of them is called Hold Me Tight. Hold
0: Me Tight. And okay. that
1: actually is a book written for couples. It's very similar in the process that it takes you through in that's similar to what we do in the couples therapy office. So when you mm-hmm. come see me, a lot of the exercises, a lot of the information that's in there will, will be similar. And so that's a great place for couples to go to if they really want to just, maybe they don't feel like they're ready for therapy, but they want to work on their relationship a little bit. Okay. I highly recommend Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson, Dr. Sue Johnson. And then also her other book is called Love Sense, and what i love about love sense is she puts all the research in there about the science of love wow and why it's so important why it's so um why it's such a survival part of our survival system. And I love all the research she brings into that and helps you understand just on a educational level about why we need each other.
0: Yeah. And why people behave the way they behave yes. and, and why we, why we as people mm-hmm. behave the way we behave. Yeah. Um, Lee Conant has a waiting list for new clients. She's located in Falls Church, Virginia. You can go to her website, leeconant.com If you want to get on
1: that waiting list. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And also, um, if there's if they're interested in books or you want, they want to find out the books names, they can go to my website. I'll have a list of books on there and other books that might be helpful will be listed on there as well. Great. Well, in
0: episode seven, we're going to do our second episode uh, exercise, which is called highs and lows. And I love this one. I do this um, weekly in my relationship and it really, really helps, but you can do it daily too. So we will conquer that next week. Thank you, Lee, for being here. Thank you.